You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. I'm Jack Ward, and this is Sonic Society 734, the world's showcase of modern audio drama. I'm sitting here with David Alt by the fire for this week's feature. Yes, good morning, everyone. And it may seem a little strange to have a campfire in the morning, but it is still early here in Nova Scotia. It is indeed, David. I just want to take a somber moment before we start to make an announcement. I'll be writing something on the website sometime this week, and I'm still processing the loss. One of the great audio drama pioneers, Mark Brzee, voice of Darker Projects, writer, performer, producer, and creator of the innovative and groundbreaking Leap Audio, has passed away. Mark was an inspiration to so many of us, but more so, he was a good friend and a passionate supporter of the audio drama community. It's my intention to spend time this summer producing a retrospective of Mark's works with some of those who collaborated with him like we have done previously for Bill Hallwig. It's been almost a week, and I'm still really gutted at the loss. Uh, One of the things that happened when I first joined Darker Projects, when I came into the audio drama fold 17-odd years ago, was uh, coming to Darker Projects and meeting everyone there. And Mark Brzee was always one of the most uh, loving, playful, fun... Uh, joyous people with such an amazing voice oh. as well. He was just an he was an all-round amazing man, and uh, the world of audio drama is diminished by his loss terribly. We, and we had talked so much about projects we were both getting ready to do after he had had an operation, me for mm. him and and him for me and. I'm hoping you can maybe pick one of your favorite shows that you guys, that he was in, that maybe you were in with him as well, and you could be part of that retrospective. That's what we did with Bill, is we just, we would have people select their favorite show, I'd have them come in, and we'd talk about the show itself, and Mark's part in it, and, and uh, mm, whether it's something he acted in, or something he wrote, or something he produced, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear what you have. Yeah, well, he, he, of course, played my elder brother Slate in the Byron Chronicles right. as the Guardian of Winter. Wow. Um, but there were so many other things on Darker Projects that uh, uh, Far Horizons, he was Captain Trask. Yeah. yeah. I heard about so it originally many. from Eric Busby on Facebook, and, and that, of mm. course, Eric created Byron Chronicles, mm-hmm. and he was just devastated as well. Everybody is. It's just yes. it's stunning. Mm-hmm. Well, for now, Mark would want us to continue, absolutely. And with what we love, and today's no exception, as we feature three shorts from Jonathan Cook's Gather by Ghostlight anthology series. And this begins right here on the Sonic Society.
Greetings and welcome to Gather by the Ghost Light. I'm Jonathan Cook and this is our first episode of this podcast. Now, you may be wondering what you're getting into here and I'll just say that each episode of this program will feature a unique and sometimes bizarre original story that will be presented in a radio theater format. So, whenever you tune into the Gather by the Ghost Light podcast, think of the Ghost Light as your campfire. You're all gathered around, ready to listen to the next tale from your storyteller. There is no specific genre for this series. You may hear comedy, horror, drama, or even science fiction, which leads me to today's episode. This first story is titled Settle and Reach, and you could say that it takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It is about a group of young scientists who were selected to partake in a colonization mission to a newly discovered habitable planet. As this story begins, you will be introduced to one scientist in particular who is currently preparing for the journey. And today just happens to be the day that he'll be meeting his companion for the first time, his pre-chosen mate for settling on this new world. So, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Settle and Reach, performed by Jay Starks, Elizabeth Canis, and Jessica Yu. Almost there. Air supply. Stable. Just gotta tweak this, uh... Oh, oh, I see now. And that's time. You can remove your VR lens now. Wait, I almost had it. Can I try again? You did great. I figured it out. There were no failed components. It was just wired incorrectly, right? I had it. I just ran out of... Time. You're smart, Mr. Wilson. And you've passed all the electronic aptitude tests. This one was an advanced level designed for propulsion technicians. But I'm not a technician. I thought you might like the challenge. You're one of the most well-rounded chosen settlers on site. I'm not supposed to share this, but you're in the top six. Oh, nice. Didn't expect that. You have nearly perfect scores in every category. Well, all but one. Piloting. Correct. Right. Yeah, that was a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? Good thing there were only simulations. Lost the entire crew on a couple of those. And half a city. Right. You've come a long way, Mr. Wilson. We have faith in you and all the others. Can you believe that we're down to only three months before you launch? It's been a heck of a journey. Good morrow, New World Settlers. Today's assessments are currently being processed, and the community results will be presented on the social board by this evening. Today is also Companion Introduction Day. When you meet your companion, enjoy the moment, chat, learn, welcome your common interests, and take time to pleasantly discuss any differences. But most importantly, have fun. Onward, Paradisus, to you all, and have a marvelous day. Wait, what did he say? The results will be posted on the social board. It's community scores, not individual. No, he said something about meeting... Companions? Oh, I think you're going to be extremely pleased with her. Your stats paired perfectly in the mate matching algorithm. Mate matching? Yes. The committee went over this when you arrived. Oh, sorry, Dr. Laurel. (laughs) They've been dishing out tons of information. It's a a lot to take in. We've matched couples from all the settlers at the facility. And there's a few minors who will be assigned to couples before you launch. You may or may not be given a minor to raise. But either way, you can't exactly colonize without a mate. No, I get that. I just didn't know that it was going to be an arranged matching. 
The surveys indicate that an arrangement was the best solution. I see. Dr. Murphy is escorting your maid here now. I'll meet them outside and bring her in so that you can get a proper introduction. What? Right now? All the recruits are meeting their companions today. The event schedule was sent out to everyone last week. Did you get it? I did. I just overlooked some things, I guess. I mean, can I at least brush my teeth or something before you let her in? You'll be fine. Oh, man. Why is this happening today? I, I don't have time to fix my hair or anything. Or, Oh, no. Deodorant. Deodorant? Oh, okay. Okay, I'm good there. Here we are, Mr. Wilson. I have a wonderful lady here who is dying to meet you. This is Miss Evelyn Bennett. Hello. Nice to meet you. I'm Mr. Adam Wilson. I'm, I'm, I mean, just Adam is fine. <laughs> He's a funny one, Evelyn. You're going to like him. Now, I'm going to step out for a bit so that you two have some time to get acquainted. Just hit your call band if you need anything. And don't be shy. Get to know each other. You're going to be together for the rest of your lives. So begin working on building your relationship. So, Evelyn. Adam. We are launching a few months. New world. Crazy, huh? Yeah, it's exciting now. Absolutely. So, did where you... did you... Okay, this is a little weird. <laughs> it is. Let's just start over. Sure. What do you like to do? Hobbies? That kind of thing? Oh, I, uh, I like animals. <laughs> and I had a lot of pets growing up, and I, uh, I, I like to travel, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. I, I, I do paint sometimes. Really? You're an artist. I, I mean, uh, I'm not very good, but it, it's relaxing. And I also have a fairly decent book collection. I mean, real books, not digital, you know, with actual pages. Right on. I haven't seen one of those in years. What's your favorite? If I had to choose, I'd say The Veils of Azlarok. Hmm, never heard of it. And not many people have. But I also like reading about legends and myths, you know, folklore, stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Me too. Let's see. I graduated with honors from the University of... God... I hate talking about myself. feels like I'm bragging or something. They're just harmless little facts. <laughs> well, um, I have a degree in botany, top of my class. Even won some awards for my research in manufacturing ecosystems. Okay, that was a little like bragging. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's going to be your thing when we get there? Yeah. Um, one of the main reasons I was chosen for this, I'll be ensuring the plant life and the gardens are maintained properly. So what about you? What's going to be your thing? Ozone monitoring mainly. Oh, you're a chemist then? Yeah, and a doctor. Hmm. I've been working in the medical field for about five years now, and chemistry is one of those things that came naturally for the most part. Uh, now I'm the one that's bragging. Just harmless little facts. <laughs> you do seem a little young to have two professions, though. They had me on an accelerated program with my studies, and I'm sure you noticed that all of us chosen for this are of fertile age. Good point. Speaking of which, we're... Going to be expected to, uh, you know. I know. Are you okay with that? I, I mean, with me. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Are you okay with me? <laughs> Very much so. You're an attractive lady. I, I mean, it could be worse. No, that didn't come out right. I, I mean, I'm, I like you. I, uh, I, I like, I like getting to know you. 
you, you look great. <laughs> this is all a little bit awkward, I know. I'd like to ask you something, though. Sure. What made you sign up for this? Don't you have a family, friends here you're going to miss? This is a one-way trip. Of course, but but my family fully supports my decision to go. Th- this is a breakthrough exploration, and, and to be invited to be a part of that, that that's a once-in-a-lifetime achievement. To be honest, I initially only applied to be a settler because I just ended a bad relationship. I mean, I know that sounds silly and cliche, but I wanted to escape. I knew I was qualified for this, so I signed up and I got accepted. It was scary how fast everything was moving, but I overcame the depression and this became something that I I desired more than anything else. I could use my knowledge and skills to obtain a new beginning, not just for me, but for humanity. I feel the same way. I got hooked on the sciences at a young age, and when this opportunity came up, I had to take it. My legacy, your legacy. We're going to be the leaders in the beginning of the first civilization on another planet. I have nothing here that can compete with that. Me neither. Like Being able to think and look back and knowing that it mattered what I did in the end, that makes it worthwhile to me. A passion we share. Well, I hope that I can be more accommodating than your past boyfriends. Like, I don't want this to ever become a tense relationship that you feel the need to escape from. You are very nice, and there's something I want to tell you because I feel horrible right now. Oh, yeah. I I should have guessed. Look, I know I'm not the most handsome man or anything, and I could probably do a little more exercise, get more fit. No, it's not that. Right. Yeah, well, sorry to disappoint you. You are handsome. I just... Just stop, okay? Adam, I'm gay. It's okay. You don't have to keep... Wait, you're what? I'm gay. I'm attracted to women, not men. But, But you can't be gay. They don't accept gays to this program. The application even asks that question. You lied on your application. I had to. And now you were selected out of the thousands of other applicants to, to procreate on another planet. You, you don't even procreate. I can procreate with you. But but what, what are we going to be? A, a fake couple? Technically, we're already a fake couple. They want us to form a relationship. Am I supposed to start a family with someone who's not even capable of loving me back? Love can come in many forms. I can love you. We can even be sexual. But you just won't enjoy it, right? You don't have to be so rude about it. I know they don't accept lesbians and gays to the program. I'm here as a scientist. My sexual preference should be irrelevant. But in this situation, it is relevant. They want couples to begin colonizing another planet to create life. We can do that. But would you be happy sharing moments like that with someone you're not even attracted to? Listen. I've never had any hard feelings towards homosexuals, okay? And and I'm sure they didn't make the rule because they have anything against you either. Please don't tell them. Please, Adam. Are you at least bisexual? No. So, with a guy, can you even, you know... Can I what? The big O. Can I orgasm? Maybe. Oh, God, this is a borderline nightmare. I can't change who I am, but we both love science. I can connect with you through science, and then when we have children, I will love them just as much as you. We can have a relationship. A false relationship. Centuries ago, arranged marriages were common. Do you think they were always a cliched, perfect little true love story? No, they weren't. 
but they did learn to love each other and have families. Even if they did pair you with some other girl, one that's straight, there's no guarantee you'd get along with her. You could be stuck with a grade-A bitch for the rest of your life. You may be sexually attracted to her, but you'd be miserable. I can be a good companion for you, regardless of the fact that I'm more attracted to the same sex. Can you promise me that you're not a grade-A bitch? <laughs> yes, I can promise you that. So, you're going to be checking out all the other girls every day when we get there. So will you. What? <laughs> I will not. Oh, don't start playing it like you're a little angel. You will. I even saw the way you were looking at Dr. Laurel. Oh, <laughs> of course I will. I mean, it, it's an involuntary action. But, but you... Would you rather me look at other guys? Well, now that you put it that way... I want this. I want to make this trip with you. Please don't tell them. Don't take this opportunity away from me. Knock, knock. Sorry to interrupt, but the quartermaster has some couples activities planned for you guys, and they're just about ready to get started. How's it going so far? I hope you've learned a lot about each other. Something like that. Wonderful. Make sure to grab your VR lens, and I'll meet you both in the calm lounge in five minutes. Dr. Laurel, there's something I need to tell you. What is it? Is something wrong? Evelyn is... Well, I think Evelyn... I think she's a perfect match. Oh, it sounds like you two lovebirds hit it off nicely. I'm so happy for you. I'll see you in five. Evelyn, hey, what are you doing? I just saw you checking out Dr. Laurel. It's an involuntary action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. This means a lot to me. You're welcome, Evelyn. All my friends call me Eve, by the way. Hmm, Eve. I like that. That was Settle and Reach, written by Jonathan Cook and performed by Jay Starks, Elizabeth Kennis, and Jessica Yu. This episode is dedicated to our good friend Rachel Miller, who passed away last year. She was a part of the original cast of this story when it was performed on stage as a play, so we dedicate this reimagined version of this story to her. Intro and outro music is provided by artist JK47, and if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe and stay up to date on when we'll be dropping our next episode until then stay safe and i'll see you next time we gather by the ghost light Greetings and welcome back to Gather by the Ghost Light, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, and we are now diving into episode two with a new tale called Memento Mori. We're going to take a journey back to the mid-1800s, a time when post-mortem photography wasn't unusual or even a morbid affair, but actually became a common practice and was essentially thought of as a process for maintaining life after death. In this story, we're going to meet a photographer named Sam who comes highly recommended due to his reputation for being able to make the dead subjects in his photographs appear perfectly alive. 
What Sam doesn't tell his clients, however, is that he has a secret supernatural gift that helps him along the way. So, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Memento Mori, performed by Ben Evans, Amelia Oswald, and Amy Patton. Almost ready for tap at this photograph, Mrs. Crane. This room has a great natural light. It should turn out well. This dress she's wearing, it was her favorite. She used to wear it to church just about every Sunday morning. She was always such a happy little girl. She looks lovely, Mrs. Crane. Thank you, and please, there's no need to be formal. You can just call me Carla. Sure thing, Carla. Would you like me to arrange some flowers in the background? I did bring some along. Or if Tabitha had a favorite toy you'd like her to hold. Oh, no, thank you. I I think she's just fine like this, but you'll be able to sit her up straight, right? Absolutely. That's what the stands are for. And in the photo, you won't even know they were there. Do you need me to help you in any way? I got it. I feel like I should be helping. Thank you, Mrs. Crane. Uh, Carla, sorry. It's a habit that's hard to break, but trust me, I have it all under control. I know you do. I just... She was only 14. She barely had a chance to experience life. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll leave everything to you. I appreciate you traveling out all this way to do this for us. You're welcome. And now, if you don't mind, this is where I must ask you to leave the room while I finish setting up and take the photograph. Okay. I'll be outside in the garden, so just shout out the back door if you need me for anything. I'll let you know when I've wrapped up. (laughs) Tabitha Crane. It's just me and you now. Can I be slouched up in that chair all day? Sit up and tell me a story. Expert Giscari. <coughs> what's... What's going on? Who are you? Hey, it, it's alright. My name is Sam. And I'm here because your mother asked me to take a photograph of you. See? There's my camera. Everything's okay. I can't feel anything. You were sleeping. Just dozed off for a little while. Sometimes when you lay the wrong way, the nerve endings can go numb for a bit. No, I... I wasn't asleep. I died. I remember dying. It was a bad dream, that's all. No, you're lying. It wasn't a dream, was it? Tell me, please. You know, that bad dream thing usually works, but I can tell you're smart and you're aware, so here goes. You're right. You did die, and now I'm here to take your picture. But why? It's something grieving families do when they lose a loved one. But I'm alive now. No, you're not. I am, though, see? (laughs) Oh, you really shouldn't try to stand up. Okay, easy now. I got you. Come on. Sit back down. What's wrong with me? Your body is feeling weird, right? Difficult to move? Yes. That numbness you're feeling, it's because your nerve endings are shot. The only part of you efficiently working right now is your brain. Are you? 
Are you God? <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, that's a question that sometimes comes up, but no, I'm not God. I'm not even a church-going man. I'm just Sam, a photographer. But you gave me life again. Yeah, that's something I learned I could do a long time ago. Don't ask me how it works, but it works. Please know I can't leave you like this, though. Your body is still going to decay. You'll start to smell really bad, and you'll just end up freaking people out if anyone sees you. On top of that, if any living person was to find out what I could do, well, they'd probably, uh... Well, let's just say that reanimating corpses isn't something people should be able to do. Oh. But what does come in handy is the fact that you can now sit up on your own and give me a lively pose for this picture. That's what your parents want. They never had any pictures taken of you when you were alive, so this will be the only memento they have to remember the way you looked. It's called post-mortem photography. Post-mortem? That means after death. Oh. Okay. I can do that for my mom if that's what she wants. You see... Other photographers, they have to use stands like these to allow their subjects to sit up straight, but I'll let you in on a little secret. The stands don't work very well. The bodies still slouch over, and it all looks very staged. I only bring them along for show. I get it. It's a lot to take in, I know, but everything is much easier from here on out. I promise. What do you need me to do? Are you ready to pose for me? I've always wanted to be in a photograph... In other circumstances, of course, but it's still exciting. Happy to be of service. Okay, just give me a second and I'll get you all framed up. Oh no, I need to change my clothes. What? No. I am not wearing this dress. Why not? I hate this dress. Your mom said you loved it. She said that? She did. Well, I hate it and I've always hated it. And I used to tell her repeatedly that I hate it, and she would make me wear it anyways. To church every Sunday morning. Exactly! <laughs> well, there's not much we can do about it. Looks like she gets her way one last time. Now sit up and stay perfectly still. Like this? Perfect. Whoa. Ew, don't do that. What? Don't smile. I want to smile for my mom. No, that's creepy and weird. Well, you're just rude. Look. You're dead, okay? I just need you to give me a blank face. They'll believe that I was able to prop you up, but I'm not going to be able to explain the smile. You get it now? Yeah, understand. You want something goofier, right? Here, try this one. Blah. N no, that's not... <laughs> you, you know, I think your mom was right. That dress is so perfect for you. Oh, shut up. All right, come on. Blank face now. Everybody say, mmm. Mmm. There we go. All done. That's it? That's it. Easy enough, right? Are you gonna turn me off now? I can give you a little more time if you like. I'd like that. Sure thing. But I want you to do something for me. What? Tell me a story. Tell me about your life. That's a pretty hefty request. I don't know where to start. Well, I'm the last person you're ever going to speak to, so better make it good. That makes me really sad, Sam. Hey, I, I didn't mean it like that. How about this? Tell me about something you loved. I'm sure you had plenty of fun hobbies, right? What is it that you're going to miss the most? Dancing. Dancing. I bet you're a good dancer. Not really. Uh, kinda, I guess. I think you're being humble. Really, I'm not. 
just a few classes here and there. But every July, there's a social dance at the Mayor Auditorium. And there's a boy I like, and I heard he was going to ask me to go with him this year. Oh. Well, uh... I know. Looks like I'll have to miss it. Yeah. But let me ask you this. How would you like to attend the photographer's ball at Crane Manor? What's that? Only the most exclusive dance party this side of Pigeon River, and it's happening right now. What do you say to one last dance, Miss Crane? Well, it's difficult to stand. I'll help you. Let's get you to your feet. Oh. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> you ready? And... One, two, three, and <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> I don't think I can do this. You'll catch on. The trick is to move without relying on your sense of touch. That's more difficult than it sounds. I'm trying my best here. <laughs> one, two, three, <laughs> one, two, three. See, there, you're getting it. And now for the big finale. You ready? Ready for what? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, all right, whoa. all right. <laughs> Baby step. Baby step. All right, let's ease you back down in the chair. Spins always make me dizzy. Yeah. Let's make sure you stay in one piece. Can't have you falling again and breaking even more bones, right? Huh? But, you know, the, the stairs. You tripped down the stairs near the foyer. That's how you died. I thought you said you remembered. I do remember. Hey, I'm sure that fall was scary. Sorry for bringing it up. I didn't trip down those stairs, Sam. Oh, well, that's what your mom told me. No, I didn't trip. I was pushed. Whoa, hold on now. Does she really not know what happened? You have to tell her. Tell her what? My father. He pushed me down those stairs, Sam. No, 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 no. Hold on. He got on. really angry that day, and he pushed me because I threatened to tell my mom about his secret, I, and... I said hold on, just... What secret? D no, don't tell me. God, don't tell me. He I was a bad I can't man, get involved. but my mom never knew. I, I said don't mom tell me. Mom always went away tea shopping with Miss Susie on Saturdays, and while she was out, he would take me to the back room and I... No, no, just stop right there. I, I can't help you. I can't get involved. Anything that happened before you died, I don't know anything about. I'm telling you now. But that's not what I mean, Tabitha. You're dead. So whatever you know, whatever secrets you have, all that stays with you. These things you're saying, I'm not hearing. I can't help you. You understand that, right? No, I don't. Yes, you do. I have a journal. I wrote everything down. Well, there you go. Your mom will read it and she'll find out he's a bad man and you can get some justice. She'll never find it. It's hidden under the floorboard next to the window in my room. I don't know what to tell you. Go upstairs. Find it and give it to her. My room is the one with the double doors. Well, I can't go snooping around this house. Please, Sam. She needs to know. Tabitha, it was nice meeting you, but I'm, I'm terribly sorry. There's nothing I can do. Memento mori. Hey, sorry. I just wanted to see how everything was going. All finished up. Everything went okay then? Yes, it did. Good. Roger and I are having her buried in Springfield Cemetery on Tuesday, so thank you for coming on such short notice. Roger is your husband? Yes. He'll be here soon if you'd like to meet him. I'm sorry. I really must be going. I understand. I'll have Tabitha's photograph delivered next week. Great. Well, 
Have a good evening, Sam. You too, Carla. Hey, you want to hear something crazy? What's that? I remember this house from when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, yeah. A, a friend of the family used to live here. You must be talking about the Beaumonts. They had a son that would be about your age. Uh, Robert, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Robert. We, we used to call him Bert. They moved to Kentucky after they sold us this house. You should look him up. I will. Hey, could you do me a favor? Sure. I remember there being this little hidden compartment below the window in Bird's room underneath one of those loose floorboards. We used to hide all kinds of rare coins and drawings in there and stuff like that. When you get a chance, could you take a look and let me know if any of that old stuff is still laying around in there? It would mean a lot to me. Sure. Which room was his? Uh, it was the one with the double doors. That was Tabitha's room. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Well, take care. And please check on that for me when you have a chance. I will. Have a safe trip and see you next week. That was Memento Mori, written by Jonathan Cook and performed by Vin Evans, Amelia Oswald, and Amy Patton. Intro and outro music is provided by artist JK47. And if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe and stay up to date on when we'll be dropping our next episode. I'd also like to invite you to take a listen to another radio theater program called The Short Play Podcast, produced by Marty Matfis. It's currently available across all podcast platforms. As always, stay safe. And I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost light. Welcome to Gather by the Ghost Light, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, and we are now heading into our third episode with a new tale called Transferring Kyle. In this story, we're going to get a glimpse behind the scenes of life. In particular, a look behind the scenes of Kyle Henley's life, a man who has steered off course over the years from his destined path, and it's been decided that he needs to be replaced in order to get things back on track. Before we begin, I do want to give you a quick disclaimer that this story does contain language that may not be suitable for children, so be mindful if there are any kids around. Now, gather on the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Transferring Kyle, performed by Brandon Bruni, Meredith Boylan, and Patrick Boylan. Come on. Come on. Oh, 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 yes! Oh, yes! Right in your face! Ah, <laughs> oh, you, you little punks never stood a chance. <laughs> this is the place. Nice. Much bigger than I expected, considering I don't have any kids. Three bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms. Half bathroom? You'll understand as soon as the transfer is complete. Who are you people? Oh. Oh. Kyle? Yeah? Oh, that's not good. What are you doing in my house? Is that the, uh... Yes. I thought that part was already taken care of. 
It was supposed to be. Hey, I'm standing right here. Somebody tell me what's going on. Did you speak with a man earlier? A man named Harold? Dark hair, slender, probably wearing a plaid suit. I'm not sure why he has this thing for plaid. Whatever. Never mind. I need to make a phone call. Did my wife do this? Did she sell her house without telling me or something? Phone call. Just need to make a phone call. I'll be with you in a sec. What the hell is going on? So, chairs, huh? Excuse me? Chairs. That one there you were sitting in? That's a good one. And all chairs are different. Nice places to sit. But you know what I found out? Get this. You can sit anywhere, really. Yeah, I know. But chairs, they're actually meant for sitting. Uh, Okay. Uh, Tell me what's going on here. I can't. It's not my place to say. Right. This is my place, and I want you to say. It wasn't supposed to be like this. How was it supposed to be? You were scheduled to be transferred hours ago. Trans what? Oh, transferred, as they say. As who says? You're done. All right? Your time is over. I hate to put it so bluntly, but I think you deserve an honest answer. You're being replaced. What does that even mean? I'm your replacement. Replacement to what? To life. Tina will explain everything. Who the hell is Tina? My caseworker. The one on the phone? I really don't know anything else. I mean, I literally just came into existence about 20 minutes ago. I'm not in the mood for this. Okay, I spoke with Harold, and there was a bit of a mix-up. He apparently had the wrong time marked on his calendar for your exit interview, which makes this very awkward. Listen up, you lunatics! It's time for both of you to get the hell out of my house, okay? Can I speak with you a moment? No, and you can tell that crazy-ass replacement story to the police when I call them. How about that? You told him? Sorry. You read the orientation manual, didn't you? I did. Then you should know that you're not supposed to- I know, I'm so sorry. My bad. Whatever, never mind. Kyle? Yes? No, not you. You. Here's the deal, and I'm going to break this down as simply as I can. This man I arrived with is the new Kyle. He's here to take your place. And you are coming with me. You don't even need to pack or anything. I'm not going anywhere with you, lady. Listen to me. This isn't a new concept. My department has been handling transfers for millennia. Here's what it comes down to. You suck at life. You have no motivation. You make no contribution to society. And you haven't inspired anyone for over a decade. Shall I continue? I contribute. Let's not kid ourselves here. You spend most of your days gaming online against middle schoolers. I do plenty of other things. See, this is why they shouldn't let me do exit interviews. Look, it's already been decided. Your transfer isn't up for debate. Dude, don't make this weird. Just go. You shut your face, okay? This is stupid. You you think just because you walk in here wearing your your little fancy suit that I'm going to buy into this? I'm not an idiot. People don't get replaced in life. That doesn't happen. It does happen, even to people you know. (laughs) Who? Go on, tell me who. If this is so common, then go ahead and throw out some names. Valerie Campbell. You... You replaced Valerie? Not me. A co-worker. She wasn't my client. Uh, but Valerie is successful. She she owns a non-profit art gallery and also helps raise scholarship money for local art students. She even won an award a few months ago. Yes, she is very successful. Now. What's that supposed to mean? It means four years ago she was in the same place you are now, being transferred. Oh, that's complete bullshit. Robert Downey Jr. 
Iron Man? Client of mine. Replaced him in 2003. He was a complete waste of space throughout the 90s. Now look at him. But, but this guy, this new me, he, he doesn't seem very smart at all. That comes with every transfer. It's a process, but he's gaining knowledge every second and will be fully capable once it's complete. But he doesn't even look like me. There was a time long ago that we tried to match physical characteristics, but it just got to be too much of a hassle. DNA is just so damn precise. Now we use the aura instead. Oh, yeah. I read about that in the manual. It's what changes the perception of you to others. Why are you talking? The aura is what allows new Kyle to blend in with your current life. Until the transition is complete, he'll be emitting this aura, and like he said, it permanently alters how people perceive you. He's doing this right now. Yes. You don't have to look at him like that. It's completely harmless. It just changes photographs and memories, that sort of thing. Here, take a look at the picture on the table. See for yourself. Whoa. Wait wait a second. What's happening? My, my wife and I took this photo three years ago. How did you... Why is he in this picture instead of me now? I told you. The aura. It's spreading over everything, and soon it's going to load him up with all of your memories. And every memory that people have of you, they'll now remember those moments with the new Kyle instead. Even my own mother? Family, friends, co-workers, basically anyone you've ever been in contact with. It's a lot to take in. And I don't do exits, so I'm sorry that I can't paint a pretty picture for you like Harold would be doing right now. Speaking of Harold, excuse me, do you know how inconvenient this is? No, 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 sorry isn't going to cut it. I'm reporting you to Frank. No, not mailroom Frank. Frank with the cane. Your boss, the one you were... This is unreal. Hmm, I don't think unreal is the right word. I think you meant to say real. I have to be dreaming. Nope. Am I really that worthless? From what I understand, yeah. Holy shit. Maybe I am. So, I was wondering, is your wife hot? What? Wait, sorry. Not your wife. I meant to say, is my wife hot? I don't want you talking about my wife. Oh, here's that picture of us. Oh, wow. Look at her. Man, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Give me that. It's mine. Hey, I'm in that photo. It's mine. Give it to me. We are not done here, Harold. Never mind. I'll call you back. Hey, pull it now. Both of you. Old Kyle started it. No, do not start calling me Old Kyle. We need to get going. This is bullshit. There are plenty of people that need to be replaced in life, other than me, and I can make you a list three miles long. You're missing the point. Mickey Winchester. No, no, there's a worthless son of a bitch. Uh, totally unmotivated, and then he always reeks of piss and wine. He lives off of 8th and Main, and, uh, uh Billy. Yeah, yeah, Billy. Come on, you know Billy. I forget his last name, but, but he's a complete, insignificant little douchebag. The point is that Kyle Henley has a purpose. I'm Kyle Henley. Not anymore. This is Kyle Henley. Hey there. And if things go as planned, this Kyle Henley will accomplish the things in life that he's meant for. Just tell me what I need to do. The decision has already been made. Who makes that call? Management. But uh, I can change. Let me tell you a secret. You're not the original Kyle either. That's right. There was a time when you were the new Kyle. The fresh start that we hoped would steer the soul into the right direction. That's not true. Yes, it is. You're also a replacement. 
Like I said, this happens to people all the time. Sometimes it can take multiple transfers to get people on the right track. When? I don't remember anything like that. Of course not. It would be impossible for you to live a normal life with memories like that. Just like Mukile here won't remember any of this either. As soon as we're gone, the transfer will be complete. Things will be set in motion on the destined path. I'm gonna miss you, Tina, so much. No, you won't. Just go wait over there or something. I will, though. Whatever. Never mind. Old Kyle, we need to go. Sorry. Human being formerly known as Kyle. Let's go. Is it gonna hurt? What? Wherever you're taking me, this this whole transfer thing. Basically, you'll just become non-existent. I don't know if there is any pain involved in that. New Kyle? Yes, Tina? Did it hurt coming into existence? Mm, I don't think so. I really don't remember. That was so long ago. I think you'll be fine. Come on. Let's go. Hey. Do me a favor and take care of Elaine. Yeah. Uh, Elaine? My wife. Oh, yeah. Sure. Will do, buddy Roo. There's some beer in the fridge. Thanks, but I don't drink. Right this way. That was Transferring Kyle, written by Jonathan Cook, performed by Brandon Bruni, Meredith Boylan, and Patrick Boylan. Intro and outro music is provided by artist JK47. And if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe and stay up to date on when we'll be dropping our next episode. I'd also like to invite you to take a listen to another radio theater program called The Short Play Podcast, produced by Marty Matfis. It's currently available across all podcast platforms. As always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost light. And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes for Gather by Ghostlight on the Sonic Society website at sonicsociety.org. Until next week, when we visit the heart of the cyberpunk metropolis, I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Rest in peace, Mark. God bless. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening.
This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.